Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. It's the king of the ring. I'm serving notice to every one of the superstars. They're all on the list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. Steve Austin's time has come, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Oh, wait a minute, look at that. Cheap shot. Oh, no. Stone Cold Spurner. Oh, come there on. you go. Come on. Stone Cold is the best serious. As Stone Cold continued to scratch names off his superstar hit list, there was one name that had eluded Austin's sights. I'd like to use this chance to issue a challenge against one Bret the Hitman Hart. Bret Hart had been absent for the dawn of 316 and the man who had been raising hell all over WWE. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. I'm the best there is. I don't pay attention to a lot of talk. I'm the best there was. Especially when it comes from you. And I'm the best there ever will be. The hitman found himself in unfamiliar territory, the crosshairs of the Texas rattlesnake. The one thing that's been missing has been me. But the excellence of execution has never been one to back down from a challenge. In the Survivor Series, I will face Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're never going to get through with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're going to have to kill me first, son. And that's the bottom line, and it's the truth. And if I can beat Stone Cold, then I will beat Stone Cold. The rest is easy pickings for the hitman. Son, if you think Stone Cold Steve Austin is a stepping stone, We'll watch the first step, cause it's a doozy. Will Bret Hart be able to prove once and for all that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be? We'll see who kicks whose ass. Or will Austin 316 stomp the hitman into exile? You ain't got what it takes anymore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retromania. A pro wrestling podcast where we romanticize and wrestle with nostalgic wrestling. Uh, I'm your host, artist, and entertainer, Kobe Nida, and I'm joined as always by uh, Jimmy Price. And together, we're trying to bring you something called The Origin of Attitude. And this is a 20 year anniversary retrospective podcast on the look back at the origin of everything that came about before the Attitude Era. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it was a revolutionary year. If you look at where they were at the beginning of 97 versus where they were at the end, it was uh, quite a lot of change. And the last two episodes, we went back and kind of built everything that's that's culminating for this year, this epic year of 1997. And the goal is to catch up to the timeline of 1997, which we're shooting for. Yes, yeah, we'll be there soon. Uh, we sit here on July 11th, 7-11, uh, Slurpee Day. Uh, so we're, we're going to start uh, at the tail end of 96 today, is that right? And then uh, work our way up through the uh, through WrestleMania 13. Yes, indeed. And then follow it through from there and get us right up to date with uh, the year of 1997. So, 
the last time we left off, we talked about the four essential characters to the storyline. Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Bret the Hitman Hart. Yes. And we traced over some things and we skimmed over some things. And I, I don't want to overlook some certain things that we said before. I know I had said that it was getting skimpier with Sable and Sonny and uh, Marlena around. And yeah. we hadn't really seen that before. We kind of did in WCW at Beach Blast 92. True. Yeah, there I forgot was, about this. There was the, the bikini contest. But that was kind of uh, still compared to what you're seeing on on raw weekly and raw nowadays it's a lot skimpier yeah. but but uh there was pushing the envelope from wcw then yeah yeah so i mean slowly but surely the the more uh sexual content starts to starts to bleed into uh both both of the major uh organizations and that's you know something that's kind of you know going on throughout cable television you know i think uh you know shows are starting to push the envelope a little bit more uh, this is the era uh, leading up to 97. You had uh, Up All Night with uh, Rhonda Shear. Is yeah. that is that her? I think so. Yeah. So there's 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 a lot more going on. Uh, and Howard Stern is running the radio. And yeah. He, he's he's a little uh, he's a little risque. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a lot of risque. Sorry. Definitely. Definitely. So wrestling's sort of catching up with the times uh, here in 97. And he he actually had a bizarre late night show in 1992 which is kind of weird that wcw started pushing the stuff there too but i kind of see it as a tie-in because turner owned his own network so he was allowed the freedom to do that and uh raw really vince mcmahon suffered because of that yeah yeah. so in like 1994 there's an incident with duke's duke the dumpster drozzy where he hits jerry the king lawler with a dumpster and the next week they had to apologize on TV for the incident because USA like was like, no, that violence is like got to go. Yeah. But Vince was no, none deterred by that. As no, we, he as kept he, trying to push it. Yeah. As you would see. I mean, obviously, I think we uh, we spoke about the Pillman has a gun episode. Or well, that's what we're going to get to right now. It's coming in today. Yeah. This is what yeah. we're we're diving in. Great segue. Um, that's what I do. So. <laughs> Uh, episode 180 of raw it's october 14th 1996 it's austin and michaels great like undercard match they've been working house shows for a while but you finally get to see it on raw it's pretty sweet pretty sweet definitely great match um and the whole time brian pillman is calling back bret hart you know austin is calling him out too uh the next episode 181 October 21st, 1996, Bret Hart returns, and he has an interview with JR in the ring, and he says he wants his, you know, WWF title back, and he says a sad story about one of the kids dying. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, that was, um, I unfortunately don't remember his name, but it was, uh, Whose whose son was it? One of his brothers. I one think. of his, or yeah, one of his, yeah, one of his brother's kids, um, unfortunately passed away, um, and he was you know very close with uh, with Tyson Kidd and uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Um, to the point where I think they had a benefit show. I've heard stories of they had a benefit show for this kid um, in in Calgary. WWF promoted it shortly thereafter, um, and uh, little Tyson and little Davy Boy Jr. had a match. Uh, in front of a live paying audience and they were like maybe 12 or 13 years old wow yeah yeah wow 
but yeah, Brett um, makes mention of that in the promo and um, ultimately says that he wants his legacy to uh, stay vested with the WWF. Nice. Yeah. And he also answers the challenge of Stone Cold Steve Austin. More, more essential to the storyline yeah. as well. Uh, so McMahon is like, thank, thank the Lord. His reaction is like, oh, yeah. you're going to stay. Yeah. Um, uh, the next week is a flashback to the Sunday Superstars. And I used to try to catch that show. Did you ever watch that? I did, yeah. Yeah, I would I would always try to try to catch it. It was good. It came on in, in the morning, right, around ten or eleven. Right, yeah. right, right. So that was um that was like a Sunday morning ten or eleven show, like you said. And there was an in ring interview with Brian Pillman and Austin. And Austin calls out Pillman for being a little cheerleader <laughs> uh to Bret Hart. And he kinda was. He was instigating the whole thing. And Austin also recognizes their past. And he says, I brought you to gold before. Yeah. And that's recognizing the tag team that they had that we spoke of in the prior episodes. The Hollywood Blondes. Yes, indeed. So he's acknowledging the prior companies here. And uh, we're getting more outside the lines. Um, So he basically attacks Brian Pillman after he's been in a car accident. He's got a weak ankle. But this is a way to get Brian Pillman off TV and build the feud with Austin as well. Definitely, definitely, and also keep keep Pillman relevant because he was he was a huge signing for them at the time, and uh, unfortunately the the car accident intervened and kind of delayed his in ring debut. But uh, it's a good way to sort of introduce him to the to the WWF, right? Yeah. And this becomes a famous thing called Pillmanizing. Uh, Stone Cold basically smashes his ankle in a chair. Yeah, and that leads us to. Where we are now, um, the next night, October 28th, 1996, Night of Raw, they recap what happened with Austin and Pillman, and then we have a satellite interview with Austin and Bret Hart, and we're going to take a listen to that real quick. All right. You took so long in making up your mind to come back to action here to World Wrestling Federation? Well, there are a number of reasons, but principal among them is that you knew that Steve Austin was the man who had challenged you. And my question is whether or not, is that one of the reasons why you were reticent to, to make up your mind? No, not at all. I, I think what you're looking at, looking at 12 years, and if you really want to add on uh, even more years than that, you can, because I've grown up with wrestling. <laughs> life and you're looking at 12 years without any kind of a break of being physically mauled by uh, giants and uh, great wrestlers for years and years and years and uh, it just t- it just took its toll and uh, I'll be the first one to say that Steve Austin uh, Stone Cold is a, is, a, is a great wrestler and uh, I, I knew immediately when upon seeing him that that I was going to be dealing with uh, a very very tough wrestler but as far as he had nothing to do with my decision to step back from wrestling Basically, basically loosely translated, you're saying, yes, Vince, I'm afraid Stone Cold is going to kick my ass. That's what you're saying. <laughs> That's not what you're saying, is it, Brett? Yeah, somehow you, you need to uh, clean that up a bit. Yeah, I think as so. far as you uh, kicking my ass. There you um, go. 
you know, I maybe should think twice about that. I don't know if you got what it takes to kick my ass. I've actually recuperated. I've been off. I'm ready for this yeah, match. My friend, if I may, I'm better than I've ever been. Sure. If I can ask you this, what about the, the fact that, that you have not been in the ring for some six months? And there must be some ring rust. It, would it not have been more wise for you to accept a match with, with a lesser individual rather than Stone Cold Steve Austin? Right. Answer! No, uh, I, I don't I don't I don't see it that way. I mean sure there might be a little ring rust, maybe there won't be. No one's gonna know till I get in the ring how good or bad uh, the the five months off has affected my wrestling style. But uh, I, I don't really care. I I wanna go in and I wanna accomplish a lot of things in the World Wrestling Federation starting right now. And what better way to do it than take on Stone Cold, who I think, and I said it before on my live interview and I'll say it again right now, is the best wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation until November 17th. But if, if Steve Austin defeats you, I mean, obviously this man has great confidence in himself. He would not have challenged you. He's trying to make a name for himself. This is like a gunslinger type situation where indeed you've got a reputation. He wants to live off of your reputation. And if he defeats you in Madison Square Garden, the question is then, will you continue your comeback here in the WWF? Well, I mean, that's a very likely possibility. And uh, you know what? I've thought about that. And uh, I'm willing to accept whatever happens in that match. You know, and if I come up short, then I'm just going to get right back up on my horse like a gunfighter. And, uh, you know. Well, see, here's, a, no, here's the deal. Shut up. Here's the deal. Win, lose, draw, Brett. It ain't over. It ain't saying? over. You're never going to get through with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're going to have to kill me first, son. And that's the bottom line, and it's the truth. Win, lose, or draw, right. I will always be on your ass. Well, that's why the excellence of execution. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You hood where you get assassinated. Uh-huh. I'm the best there is, I'm the best there was, and I'm the best there ever will be, and you're going to find that out firsthand, son. Say something. Uh, you know... You know, everyone thinks that because I'm coming back that I have this built-up impression in my head that I'm going to clean up the WWF. I, I know better than anyone else that it's going to be a real All hard right. job. And, Brett, uh, we thank you so much for joining us. We're, it's we're Austin's house now. All right, thank you very much for joining us. Brett the Hitman. No, 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 no. You can tell him to go kiss off, but I've been here all night, and I ain't leaving yet, and you can stop counting me down because I done told you once, son. We've got a damn problem. Hey, hey, hey. Wait a minute. No more. That's a production assistant. No, we ain't through that by a long shot. You don't count me down. What is this? Nobody counts me down. You want your precious monitors? You think it's all a fun and game for Stoko? So we get that. What a segment. What a I segment. know. That's groundbreaking. Definitely. Uh, you, I mean, you have Austin at the tail end there. He shit cans the production assistant. Uh, I don't think I've seen that before. No, no. Yeah. He threw, it looks like it might have been Pat Patterson. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> dude goes down. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. He goes down like a sack of potatoes. But a couple things like in watching this again. Um, number one. Stone Cold's it's a it's a side by side interview. Uh, you know, Bret Hart's there via satellite. Stone Cold is on the left, uh, just backstage. And uh, Stone Cold's reactions throughout are he's like he's like a well of reaction gifts. Like he's just there snickering and <laughs> sneering the entire time, and like just laughing off uh, the same old the same type of promo that Bret Hart has been doing since 1992. Yep, and he keeps trying to go back to the title and clean it up and. 
going back to the same thing, like he, they're 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 going off on a tangent, and Austin's going off on a tangent, and he tells him to talk, and Brett just goes right back to the same old script, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Austin is there to spit in the face of 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 all of of everything he's saying and everything that he represents. There's so much to this story as we get deeper. Is like uh, Bret Hart has the same old routine, the same old thing, and everyone's tired of it. But then again, he does it so well, and it's it's a change that's happening as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's a great story. Um, so then from there, the next week. Episode 183, uh, November 4th, that's Austin meets Pillman, 9mm Glock. Ah. And this is crazy. Do you remember this episode? I, I do, I do. I remember, you know, not knowing what's going on. I mean, not, I mean, I, I think at, at that point I had, you know, I wasn't like shocked by seeing a gun on television just because, I mean, I'd seen shows and movies and stuff, but I mean, it, it's definitely a first in wrestling and yeah. definitely like the the farthest out by by quite a distance that WWF has gone to at that point. Like, I don't know if we've covered this as much. Um, I wasn't an Austin fan, so I didn't. Nor was I. I didn't like him, and I didn't like the story of him terrorizing and being this villainous person and getting away with everything. And I was siding with Brett um, more and more as this goes along, but uh, just... To see a gun in wrestling, it threw me away. Even at that age, I was like, yeah. "Whoa, what the hell?" They're yeah. like, "That's too far." Yeah, it's just it. It spoke to you know a sense of a sense of reality and drama that was just you know beyond anything they had done to that point. But yeah, like you, I was not a fan of Stone Cold in those early days. I was like firmly in the tank for Brett the entire yeah. time. Like, so as soon as Stone Cold shows up and starts talking shit about my guy, I'm like, no. Uh-uh, not today. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. So it's just an amazing episode where Brian Pillman is laid up at his house with a cast and Austin comes there and he uh, Pillman says he has a gun and he does and they show the gun and the satellite feed keeps getting interrupted. Yeah. It's TV tricks and everything. Sure. Yeah. And they told the police nearby, apparently, and uh, the police thought it was real still because neighbors were calling people nearby were calling. They thought it was real. Um, And I didn't know what to think either. This was still that gray area for me where I was like, hmm, this is like odd. Why are they showing it, though? Yeah. And I mean, this is, you know, Brian Pillman's real home. This isn't like a set. Yeah, this is his home in in uh, Cincinnati, where he's very well known. You know, he's former Cincinnati Bengal, um, if I'm not mistaken. And yep. uh, so, yeah, people people called the cops. People thought it was real. Um, you know, I just felt bad for Kevin Kelly. <laughs> Kevin Kelly got caught in the middle of that, and it was it looked like a scary. We situation. heard an explosion. <laughs> it's not gunshots. Yeah. An explosion. An explosion of gunpowder. Very specific. Drastic turn from the typical stories and any show that we see WWF doing. And part of the reason is because they have a new writer on their staff. And do you know who that is, bro? Would that would that be uh, one Vincent Russo? Yes, indeed. Slash Vic Venom? Yes. And he used to write for WWF Magazine. And 
he started putting his own twist on the stories in the magazines and they became more interesting to people. Um, and Vince brought him in. He liked some of the ideas. He needed the attitude to say the least. The, the edginess. Yeah. So Vince Russo gets brought into the writing team late 96 and by early 97, he starts being the head writer. So, we're going to see a lot of changes going on with Monday Night Raw. Um, episode 186, that's November 25th, 1996. It's Brett and Owen for the last time ever. Wow, I didn't realize this was the last one. That makes sense now that I think about it, but that's I have to go back and rewatch that one. Yeah, it's a good yeah. it's a good decent match. It's yeah. it's a typical Brett and Owen locking up, you know, technical match. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Brett rolls Owen from a O'Connor roll. Somehow they get rolled up and he's putting him into sharpshooter. But Stone Cold comes down and hits him with the chair for the DQ. And what we just missed, though, was the week prior, Bret Hart had conquered Stone Cold in that comeback match. Yeah. 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 Survivor Series. Which is a classic. Yes, indeed. And we talked about that on the prior episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just trying to get into... This episode here, 189, uh, Bret Hart, this is the December 16th episode. This is after we talked about his encounter with Sid. Um, Last episode, we talked about Bret Hart's encounter with Sid Vicious, where they battled for the title and Shawn Michaels was ringside. Well, earlier in that night, Shawn Michaels and Sid had gotten into it. Because the feud with Shawn Michaels and Sid goes back to before when Shawn Michaels lost the title to Sid at San Antonio. Yep. Um, or no, not in, it was that. No, no, Sid? yeah, it, he lost it in uh, Survivor in, Series. In, at Survivor Series at, uh, at MSG. Yeah. Yeah. So San Antonio is later. <laughs> so he loses that match to Sid, and Sid uses a camera during the match and hits. Uh, hits Jose Lothario and Jose has a heart attack and yeah. So Sid becomes the champion and now there's the beef still between Sean and Sid and Brett and they fight before the show and then they fight uh, during the match as well. Shawn Michaels gets involved and costs Brett the match. Uh, Basically Sid swings Brett into Sean, who's on the ropes, and Sean goes flying. He looks like he takes a nasty bump there, man. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that's just him being a genius that way, but looks pretty sloppy. Yeah, probably you know, it was you know, definitely in his uh era of being a uh some somewhat of a mad scientist in the ring. Yeah. Um and then Sid gets the power bomb and retains the title. So this is the next night after that. This is December 16th, 1996. Welcome, everyone, to Monday Night Raw! Wait a minute, what's that? That's Bret Hart. That's the hitman. And I've got an in-ring interview. Didn't I tell you? Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Jim Ross. With that, I guess someone with an impromptu interview with the hitman Bret Hart. Who was defeated last night at the hands of Psycho 
champion for the fourth time right now. You know, since I came back to the World Wrestling Federation, things have changed. Things just aren't the same anymore because you just can't tell anybody apart anymore. You don't know who your friends are. And you don't know who your enemies are. You don't know what the rules are. The problem with the World Wrestling Federation right now is there is no rules. So I, I want to make something very, very clear. Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Psycho Sid. Everybody in the World Wrestling Federation is going to have to understand one thing. If there's no rules, that's fine by me because I don't need any rules. Shawn Michaels, you little prissy. You gave me your word. You gave your click and all these fans your word that you would not interfere in my match yesterday. And just to give you a little bit of a, a just a closer look at the kind of integrity that Shawn Michaels has, you can see that this guy has set out from day one to cost me the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt because he's got sour grapes and he just can't handle or accept the fact that he's not as good as I am. Oh boy. So, John Michaels, Psycho Sid, Stone Cold, everybody else, that's all fine by me, because there is no rules. And I will do absolutely anything and everything to get right back on top. And with some reluctance, I announced my candidacy for the Royal Rumble. I'll be in the Royal Rumble. And I feel sorry for the Whoa. other 29 guys, because they're all in trouble. And now I'm gonna go outside here and I'm gonna do just like Shawn Michaels did. I'm gonna call it just straight down the line. I'm gonna be a nice, regular announcer. What? And I'm gonna mind my own business, I'm gonna have a little fun, Jim. All right, Brett. Wait a minute. I don't know what he means by that, but here comes the hitman, Brett Hart, over here to the announced position. You've been Wait a minute. So basically, after that, um, Vader and and Stone Cold match is next, but Brett is ringside for it. And Brett just snaps and goes wild on Stone Cold, and they have to separate him. And he does get that mixed reaction, like yeah. you're talking about. The crowd is like, 
not sure what to think. And the commentary of what he was just saying was basically, you don't know what is going on now. There is no rules. Right. And it's, it's, it's the commentary for what's, what's going on in WWF. Like right now they're, they're stretching things a lot more. You're getting more of that ECW tone and, um, we're getting more of shades of gray characters that Vince Russo loves to write. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so that goes on, um, later in the episode standing by is Shawn Michaels. And he talks about Brett crying and whining. This will become a frequent thing, but there was a, a commercial that struck me. WWF full metal. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. That was that was just a compilation of uh, some some uh, choice uh, metal nugs, if I'm not not mistaken. It wasn't like entrance music. Or, yes, indeed. Yeah, the gr- the greatest. I like that one the most. Yeah. Um, back to the Sean thing. Sorry, um, Sean says there's no excuse. He can explain every intimate detail of his life, unlike Bret Hart or some other people, um, and Bret Hart can be a wrestler 24 hours a day all the time he can wear wrestling tights while he's doing commentary because he was earlier so that's a little <laughs> jab that i liked yeah um but he can't be Shawn michaels which was a nice little promo i liked hey jimmy you want to tell everybody about where we work on the side absolutely uh dcw district city wrestling and jimmy you're a commentator announcer there? Yeah, I could I could call myself the voice of DCW if I was really feeling good about myself. There you go. I like it. I like and, it. Uh, you're, you, you've, got a, you've got a hand in it as well. Yes, I do. I do some production media there, and I also wrestle. Yeah, um, yeah but check us out. You can find us on Facebook at District City Wrestling, or you can find us on Instagram at, at OfficialDCW or Twitter at OfficialDCW. Check us out. Let us know what you think. Hey, guys. Uh, if you're uh, into uh, reading about pro wrestling and a uh, fan's perspective and a fan's journey, uh, check out my buddy Dan Zine. It's called Hot Tag. Uh, and he gets into his journey as a fan um, and as well as bringing in some of his friends. I uh, wrote a piece for the uh, third issue. Uh, so he has that. Uh, check it out. It's at hottag.bigcartel.com. Uh, it's good stuff. Get into it. Episode 190, December 23rd, 1996. It's like a nothing episode. Um, basically, the only thing that's going on is um, the Sid and Sean like, build up for their match at Royal Rumble Yeah, in San Antonio, Shawn Michaels' hometown. And we keep getting Vince saying, everybody's got an attitude. He's building that phrase attitude over and over throughout this episode the seeds are being planted yes indeed the main event is brett versus the fake razor 
Um, I don't know if we spoke about this, but I think I think we made mention of Fake Razor before, but I don't think we talked about the match. I, I personally haven't seen, seen well, this one. It's yeah. not that good of a match. Yeah. I, I, the the thing with the Razor and Diesel was um, WWF owned the names and they wanted to get viewers because we're going head to head with Nitro, yeah, and they want to get viewers, so they're basically Jr. says next week, folks, I got. Diesel and Razor on the show, and they're going to be on the show. Like, whoa. And pe- like people freaked out in real life. They're like, scoop. Yeah, like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are leaving. Like, they're going back. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a ploy. Uh, these were fake guys. Yeah. And once they came out, I was like, wow, this is really lame. Yeah. Now, Kevin Nash has claimed uh, in interviews that uh, Eric Bischoff heard Jim Ross say this on Raw, that they were going to be on Raw the next week. And uh, got them X amount more guaranteed on their already massive contracts. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's that actually happened, but uh, the Kevin Nash swear, swears up and down by it. So they basically helped them out in a way. Yeah, exactly. By getting more money. Yeah. Nice. Good one. Good one, guys. Yeah. Um, we then have that main event between Brett and the fake Razor. And McMahon, again, in this... Um, match he says brett maybe has a bad attitude so we're playing off that again brett wins the with the sharpshooter and uh backstage we have sean and vince is asking him a question and he's like why um can you explain and sean just cuts him off and he's like why am i why am i different and then vince says yes why is your attitude different and sean says so you're saying I'm different from the rest. And this is basically like, you know, I, I'm different. I'm the best. Yada, yada. Special. Yeah. So he's getting treated special, too. We'll see how much more special he gets as the Royal Rumble and everything goes on. Um, next episode, Raw 191, December 30th, 1996. This is an amazing intro. Both superstars, both legends, both beloved, but not by each other. Months of verbal attacks have brought their animosity to a head. Did Sean's temper cost Brett the title and in your house? Brett's fist into talking, but tonight, they'll be face-to-face right here on Monday Night Raw. You know, it's just like you, Shawn Michaels, to build this thing around excuses, but I don't need any excuses. This is the opportunity that I've been waiting for to tell you face-to-face, boy toy, exactly what I think of you and everything you do. Hitman, you can make all the excuses you want, but tonight we're going to find out what the role model has to say when he comes face-to-face with the World Wrestling Federation's favorite degenerate. Best Raw intro. Yeah, interesting stuff there with um, with Shawn Michaels saying degenerate. Yeah, like way before DX. Like again, and so it's, like eight or nine months before. Yep, and it's 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 because uh, prior comments from Bret Hart calling him a degenerate. He didn't like the way he was. 
And that's why we have this battle between them. Um, they don't like their lifestyles, but Shawn Michaels keeps claiming that Brett's a hypocrite. Yeah. And Bret Hart is claiming to be a role model. Yeah. And at this point, I, I think this is all still, I think Brett is still under the impression, or probably Vince is too, the plan is to have the rematch of WrestleMania 13. Yeah, it looks like this direction. The show's production was yeah. phenomenal at the beginning there. It was like yeah. a, a, just a portrait of each of them side, like one facing the left, one facing the right, but in different ser- scenarios. Yeah, yeah. It was, but, it was, yeah, their production team has always been top notch. Yeah, this is where it really starts to get good. Um, they just put a whole lot more effort into it. As WCW's production was always, quality was always good because they had the money for the equipment. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily the best. Content. Yeah. yeah it's pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> and Raw made it good. Um, let, let's find this middle interview segment that's big between Sean and Brett. Ladies and gentlemen, as we prepare for this face-to-face interview... Please welcome the Heartbreak Kid, Sean You may not like him because of his long hair. You may not like him because the chick's biggies. You may not like him because he has a pierced navel of all things, ladies and gentlemen. But one thing you have to like about this young man is when he steps into the ring, he'll give you everything he possibly has. Yes, unquestionably, we have stated many times before, Give it to him. One of the most charismatic, if not the most charismatic, unquestionably one of the most athletic and seen, not most athletic individual ever to wear the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, and he wants to wear it again. Shawn Michaels on his way to the Royal Rumble to lock up with Psycho Sid before his hometown of San Antonio, Texas. The Alamo Dome gets set for Shawn Michaels. Yeah! what's going to happen here. Fireworks ready to explode here tonight on Monday Night Raw. Let's see All what right, JR can do. Notwithstanding, Sean, your opportunity to regain the WWF title at the Royal Rumble. Thank you. And certainly, Brent, your opportunity to win the Royal Rumble in San Antonio next week right here. You will take on a man known as Vader right here next week on Raw. What and I uh, just want to interject. I will be right here at the announce position during that match. And as always, I give you my word, I won't dare interfere. Uh-oh, uh-oh. All right. The fireworks well, are going to explode. why don't we go ahead, if you don't mind... And start this face-to-face interview with you. I know that you guys... No, both no, no, no. Start with me? Yes, please. Oh, 
That's Brett the Hitman Hart. The best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. I wouldn't think of going first. No, no, no. Are you kidding? I'm not worthy to go first. A low-life degenerate like me go first? Never. I wouldn't dare think of it. Let the Almighty One go first. Well, Brett, I know you've got a lot to say about Shawn Michaels, and here's your opportunity. Go right ahead. How much time we got? You know, that right there is what I find so disrespectful about you. It's just your whole attitude. You know, Shawn Michaels likes to talk about how much he respects his mentor, Jose Lothario. You know, it's funny that Jose Lothario, when he jumped up on the apron and cost you your World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, the very next day he got up and he apologized for interfering. But Shawn Michaels, you haven't learned anything from Jose Lothario. You certainly haven't learned anything about respect and integrity because when it came down to you costing me the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, there was no apology. There was nothing. And that's just the beginning, because when I look at Shawn Michaels, I can remember last year at WrestleMania, when I was screwed out of the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, you promised that you would carry that belt with the same pride and same class that I did. And Shawn Michaels, you never came close. Oh, no. Shawn Michaels, there was a time, I've got two sons at home. There's a time when they used to look up to you. My little boy used to wear your... But you know what? Bottom of the barrel, when you found yourself posing in Playgirl magazine. You know, I don't even think girls buy that magazine. Shawn Michaels, to me, you're a guy that has degraded the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. If you're not 14 years old and female, if you're a male out there and you had any kind of an opportunity to look you in the face and see what kind of a man, you already talked about being a man's man, I don't think so. Whose man are you? Shawn Michaels, you've cost me the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. And for the longest time, I've sat back and watched on TV and seen what you've done to the World Wrestling Federation. And I look at you as a guy that has no class. You're a disgrace. And I welcome the opportunity, because sooner or later, sooner or later, brother, you and me are going to step in the ring, whether there's a title on the line or not. And I can promise you that all the dancing in the world will not save you and I will kick your ass. And you want to know why? You want to know why? Because I can.
Well, I must say, the hitman not showing a lot of class tonight. All right, Sean. Getting a lot off his chest. Your opportunity. Well, I hope you got that bug out of your butt, finally. So let's start with the role model stuff, because, hitman, I seen you on the road, and bro, you ain't no role model. That's fact number one, and I got a long hey, way to minute. go. Wait a minute. And coming out, ladies and gentlemen, he has not been invited. He is the World Wrestling Federation champion. Thank you, my man. See, first of all, there's a lot of things being said out here, but I have played the game with you, and I have played the game with you, and you both have lost, and you're talking about my title and what I want. What I want is some real, real Something's gonna explode here, and he went. So Sid comes out and interrupts that, <laughs> but it was getting heated, very heated. Um, and you can see the difference from the from the interview that we we uh, listened in on earlier between him and Austin, where Austin says he's gonna kick he's gonna kick his ass, and like Brett hesitates and doesn't even want to like use the word ass, mm-hmm. and like now he's out here he's referencing uh, Sean's playgirl shoot. He's screaming at the top of his lungs that he's going to kick Sean's ass. So you could see, like, it goes back to what he said. There is no rule. So you can see that that evolution in his character yep. um, on full display in this interview. And I think Brett is a lot of the catalyst for this. He's the character of the old regime, and they're playing off these new characters like Stone Cold, like Brett, uh, like Shawn Michaels, um, mm-hmm. other things like that to play off of Brett. The old, yeah. you know, they're bouncing the new off the old. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting in a way. I, I really feel that this whole thing was you have a business. Um, Vince McMahon has a, a business and it's almost like having your wrestling toys as a child. Yeah. And you played with the best ones. And then when some newer toys came along, you started collecting them and you wanted those ones and you played with them more. Uh, so when a different style of toy comes around or a different way of playing with the toy, the one that like if it's from going from Hasbro to Jack's in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So the Hasbro were kind of stuck in these old ways. Yeah. They could and, do one thing, one, one punch, one shot. Right. And there, the character was kind of stilted. It was yeah. not, not three dimensional in a way. Uh, and the Jack's came out and they had bendable features. Um, yeah. A little more play for your room. Now the toys are fucking incredible. You can, you can bend their damn wrist. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's just amazing. But um, yeah, so basically a newer style of toy comes up and you want to play with those more. But you don't essentially just put away with the old ones. No. You no. transition. And I think this is a slow burn for Vince McMahon being a smart businessman. This is a a, a year to too long maybe even three years from 1995 till 1997 rebranding his business and changing it to that attitude and the shades of gray. And we'll see as this story unfolds, like how he throws little things here and there and it builds and snowballs in a way to become this attitude era. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it's safe to say that that Vince is the only one who knows exactly where this is going. Yes, exactly. And it's because it's his toy. Exactly. It's his toy chest. Yeah. And it's amazing. And Ted Turner is buying all the toys for Eric Bischoff, but he doesn't really have a say in all his toys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His toys uh, kind of have a little bit more more, uh, (laughs) creative control. His toys, his toys toy. are coming to life. Yeah, it's like imagine toy. your toy deciding yeah. the end. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do the job, brother. Hey, I went out under the ropes, brother. Yeah. I didn't get thrown out over. <laughs> I didn't get thrown out over. Macho man, you may have won the title, but brother, that's mine. Why is GI Joe here? Yeah, oh, the the worst. So uh, that's just a little metaphor that I had thought of, and it, it, it rings true. Um, so. We're moving on episode 192 of Raw. This is January 6th, and it's basically a nothing episode. Brett versus Vader. And Vader gets the win because Stone Cold interferes. Shawn Michaels is on commentary. And, of course, Shawn Michaels brings up the uh, Brett said he got screwed out of the title at WrestleMania 12. Well, somebody had to lose. And it's kind of like a uh, uh, foreshadowing of later on down the road of somebody doesn't want to do the job for somebody. Yep. Then we have episode 193, January 13th, 97. This is a nothing show again. A lot of those back then. Yeah, they were taped. Um, Explain what happens. So, uh, yeah, so they would tape, and and a lot of companies, your your Ring of Honors will still, you know, if they're doing television tapings, TNA, or excuse me, Global Force Wrestling, um, if they're doing a TV taping, they're going to tape more than one episode, um, uh, you know, for, for the show. So they could get multiple weeks of TV out of only renting the building and, you know, paying everybody for one night. Um, so back then, um, WWF was known to tape up to like four, like a, a solid month worth of TV, uh, at one taping. So, uh, and, and this is, be- this is before they switched to two hours as well. So it's a one hour show. Right. So a lot of weeks, yeah, you're getting, um, you know, you're getting some mid card matches, maybe, maybe a promo here, but definitely not as much going on. Yeah. And um, they space it out. It's yeah. the way they kind of break it up is like the guys, the main event guys who have an angle. On the first hour of the taping, they'll come out and shoot their promos. The second hour, they'll kind of like either have a commentary or something. The The third hour, there'll be one of them will be featured in a match maybe. Yeah. And then the fourth hour, like one will f- interfere in the other one's match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then they can break that up into weeks to build up yeah. to the pay-per-view. It's yeah. smart TV. It is, it is, yeah. But it's getting old at this time because Nitro is live. Yeah. And yeah. it feels fresher, even though it's not that great. Yeah, just the just the you know, you can't you can't match the atmosphere of live television. Yeah, yeah it it feels so good, and yeah. even now WWE feels great live, even yeah. though it's a bunch of filler shit. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think yeah, the three hours. I think one hour is not enough. Three hours is way too much. I think that that two hour mark is a happy median for uh, i'm telling you though watching these brawls back man i yeah. love the hour-long format yeah it's so satisfying yeah and i'll let you know when they change because it's coming up soon but yeah they drag on for a little bit it's yeah. not necessary with the roster that they had i mean if you enhance the roster a little bit more but then you're kind of like i don't know i just i i'm an old head in that way where i i prefer the 
kind of smaller uh, roster or more diverse roster to where you can split it up like the NXT in a way. Yeah, NXT does that really well now. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what comes from Hunter being in WCW because they did that as well back yeah. in the mid-90s. Yep, yeah, WCW Saturday night, 6 yep. 5 p.m. Yep, and another thing, just shooting this out here, another thing that I noticed, a lot of top players that and top concepts that WWF has are, again, WCW stolen or, or the, from the thought the brainchild of they end up getting dustin runnels wcw for gold dust they end up getting triple h who worked with wcw yeah they end up getting mark marrow who worked with wcw they end up getting uh mankind who worked with wcw vader yeah vader yeah. uh wcw yeah. um we're getting a lot of these wcw influenced people uh coming in and jj dylan also yeah is yeah. working with them but he will soon leave and go to wcw for a bigger payoff yeah um they got a bigger checkbook because turner yeah yeah money is is not an object but you see this ebb and flow back and forth between wcw and wwf people uh it happened with flair before 92 as well there was an exodus as well yeah. uh for a little bit and then they come back and it's this wave yeah, yeah but right now wwf is finding that niche Definitely, yeah. They're they're putting together what would be, you know, arguably the greatest roster that they would have. Yep. Um, the episode one ninety three, January thirteenth. This is before the Royal Rumble, and it's a nothing, nothing event. Uh, so now we're at the Royal Rumble. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. At the Alamo Dome. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It is yeah. huge there. Yeah. Which is where they, they had this year's Rumble, which I thought was really cool um, 20 years later to run that same building. I didn't even know it was still. I, th- I would have thought that they had torn it down by now, but it, it looked great at this year's Rumble, I thought. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you like this year's Rumble? I did. Um, you know, the, the Rumble match kind of. You know, we, everybody was waiting for that big surprise entrant at number 30, and they swerved us with Reigns. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was all right. It was a little predictable for my taste, the Rumble match. But the the undercard was great. And, you know, Cena versus AJ is probably still my match of the year for WWE this year. Yeah? Yeah. So far? Yeah, so far. Wow, nice. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. And that, yeah. it, that, that is a great match. Um, I wish they would have done Mania in some way. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, off topic. So, the Royal Rumble is here. It's a grandiose event. Yeah, and so and to get back to the Al- Alamo Dome real quick, they wanted to have this big homecoming for Sean. Um, they thought they could sell out the Alamo Dome with it being in San Antonio, his hometown. So, uh, they come pretty close. Uh, they end up with uh, these are Jim Cornette's numbers that I was looking into earlier. Okay. Uh, so the uh, Alamo Dome uh, for a wrestling show. Um, I think it can hold up to 70. Uh, they ended up with 60,000 plus in attendance, but like over 12,000 of those are just given away. Wow. Uh, so they're struggling. They're giving away tickets to, to get filled, but it ends up looking all right. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, selling uh, 47,000 plus tickets, you know, no, I mean, they were cheap seats too. They're, they're pretty low. Um, but in an era where they're you know running rawls where they're struggling to get like five six thousand people in a small yeah. arena, it was a pretty good business for them. Um, just a quick tidbit before on the raw where they're building up. Um, Psycho Sid is 
in the empty arena saying, uh, Shawn Michaels, your, your friends and family are going to be over there, and Jose is going to bring all his Mexicans. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, oh. Sid. I meant it like, you know, he's going to bring his Mexican people, but yeah, yeah. it just came off really bad. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Sid. Never was the best promo. So the arena is packed with Mexicans right now. <laughs> all of Jose's Mexicans. <laughs> yes. And... um. The Royal Rumble match, it's it's awesome. We start off with Ahmed and Crush. Yes. And that's the feud that's going on. It's Ahmed against the Nation of Domination. Yeah. And that's kind of breaking the barriers, too, with TV and racy stuff because Farouk. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, um, they're representative of the... Um, Nation of Islam. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was I was searching for that, and so yeah, it's getting into it's getting into some uh, some racial tension, which we'll see as we move on through this year is going to go just completely over the top. You're going to end up eventually with a gang war <laughs> yep. uh, between a few factions. But yeah, it was it was, a, it was a, definitely a daring storyline, and in, in the in the vein of what they were trying to do back then. Yeah. So uh, Farouk starts this nation of domination, and you will know that when they say promise man land they mean farouk um <laughs> and he gets crush who was from demolition before yeah and he went to jail for i guess possession and now he's come back with this gimmick of uh tattoo on the head and i kept thinking when i was younger i was like that has got to be real crush looks so different too <laughs> he looked like he wasn't hitting the juice anymore. Yeah. Well, let's let's not forget too. Between demolition and this, he was he was Kona Crush. Yes, where he was bra. like just a white face uh, Hawaiian, you know, baby face, you know, with like this like ridiculous blonde mullet. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so for him to show up back on the scene, he's got dreadlocks. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's definitely looking a lot different. And to your point, definitely a lot smaller. Yeah, and Gene, uh, d- a Canadian tuxedo and boots and a black glove. And he's got the heart punch as a finisher. So he's with the nation. They're fighting Savio Vega right now, but eventually Savio Vega will join. Um, Anyhow, that's the beginning of the Royal Rumble. But then we are rolling on the fifth entrant, Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he is whooping ass. Yeah, he has quite a run in this match. You You got some numbers there. I don't. Okay, I got he uh in this match will go on to eliminate 10 people, which at the time was a record. Uh and he lasts all in all, I mean, somewhat unscrupulously unscrupulously towards the end, but uh all in all he ends up with uh, 45 minutes and 7 seconds, which is not the longest, but again, just a definitely like a very I would say you know, another breakout performance and a string of breakout performances. Yeah. He eliminates Phineas Godwin, Bart Gunn, uh, Jake Roberts, uh, Owen Hart, and Mark Marrow, uh, Savio Vega, Jesse James, and not to spoil it, Bret Hart. So Vader, uh, the Undertaker, he eliminates Big these names. guys. Yeah. Um, basically, going through the match, he's eliminating a lot of people. He's showing off. He's Sitting there checking the time on his watch that doesn't exist. Yeah. And just waiting for the next opponent and then throwing him out. And he's whipping some ass and he's being cocky. And then all of a sudden. 
guitar. I, I, that sounded like a cat. Um, <laughs> guitar screeches and Bret Hart comes out and uh, Stone Cold gives one of the all-time great pro wrestling reactions. He's doing the watch bit, as you mentioned, and then as soon as he hears Bret's music hit, he looks up and just like this look of like fear and amazement that is like one of my favorite Stone Cold reactions. Yes, indeed. He puts It's like the Home Alone. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, yeah. Too much aftershave. Yeah. Um, Wait, I, I just thought of something beautiful. Brett the Catman heart. Brett the and Cat- it just starts off with <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Book it. Yes, please. So um Brett and him are going toe to toe and then it the crowd is going wild for this man. They're going crazy. Uh and eventually other competitors come in. They throw them out. They're still battling. Undertaker, Vader's in there. Fake fucking Diesel's in there. <laughs> I confirmed this. Yeah. Um, referees are a- attending to the onslaught going on outside between... Uh, I, th- I believe it was Mankind and uh, Terry Funk, who uh, makes his first appearance in... Forever in WWF. Uh, yeah, he's got a healthy horse now. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, him and Mankind are, you know, continuing their their storied feud, and they're brawling on the outside. The refs, uh, for some reason, all of the refs go to break them up, and and nobody's looking at the ring. And while they're distracted, uh, Stone Cold is eliminated by Bret Hart. Yeah. But being the rattlesnake he is, he rolls right back into the ring, and the refs are none the wiser. Yep. And from there, tosses out Undertaker, Vader, and then <sighs> toss out. Uh, Fake Diesel gets tossed out too, yeah. somewhere within there. And then tosses out Bret Hart and is declared the winner. And Bret is pissed. Yeah. This is bullshit. Screwed again. yet again. Yes. And there, everyone's like, what? What? Like, the reaction is great because you didn't think it was legit. Um, even as a kid watching this, I was so pissed. Yeah. You're expecting, you know, like somebody to, you know, walk up and, you know, reverse the decision. Cause that's usually what happens or, you know, gorilla monsoon comes out or something. No, 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 nothing, no, nothing. Yeah. Not on this call. One. The call stands. Yep. So main event, Shawn Michaels trying to get that boyhood dream back. Yeah. Going against Sid. This is actually a fun watch. I went back and watched this one. Better than their Survivor Series match, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean plays it perfectly here. He, you can tell he's he is instructing the match. He's leading the match. Yeah. Um, he's great. Um, and it ends with some bittersweet poetry, where Sean. The referee's down. Sean uses the camera on Sid and then hits the sweet chin music and wins the title back. He does that for Jose. Yes, indeed. uh, Sid clocked with the camera at Survivor Series. Uh, And I think, I mean, would you say this was like probably uh, Sean's like last like moment as a pure baby face? You know, in this run, obviously he comes back years later, but he's in he's in his hometown. He's getting getting that big baby face pop. But from here on out, it's more you know he's really pushing the the anti hero degenerate type of thing. Yeah, um, he's got the cocky edge here. It's yeah. it's noticeable. It's not 
but he's still baby face. Yeah. You know what yeah. I, I know what you're saying. He, he later he turns it to where it's like, man, he's, he's supposed to be a good guy, but how can you kind of fucking like that guy? <laughs> yeah. Isn't he a dickhead? <laughs> um, so that's, that's awesome. He's up on the table dancing in front of all these Mexicans <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's, He's dancing and everything, and uh, he shakes his ass in front of Vince McMahon's face, and Vince McMahon's like, oh, oh, my God. And he turns over, and he mouths, I know you want to fuck me. He definitely mouths that, if you want to go find that at the end of the Royal Rumble yeah, on and- the network. Yeah. It's interesting, to say the least. There's always those rumors of guys who make their way to the top do special things for Vince and the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... um, not a lot of workplaces <laughs> do that sort of thing on like before a national audience. No, and, and uh, yeah. So there's there's something I don't know. There, I, I think there was probably something that went on between them. I don't yeah. know. Maybe who who are we to say? No. <clears throat> All right. So the next episode, the next night of Raw, one ninety four, January twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. Bret Hart at the beginning, he's talking about he's getting screwed out of everything. Um, I'm going to play a clip of that. Federation, you promised me that I would get an opportunity to fight for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. You put me in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin and said that if I could beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, that I would be the number one contender for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. Now, don't you think it's just a little bit convenient that for some stupid reason, Shawn Michaels finds himself out at ringside announcing in my World Championship match with Psycho Sid, I don't think it was any kind of a coincidence either. So Shawn Michaels jumps up and sticks his nose in my business and costs me the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt with blatant interference. The boy toy cost me the championship and they go, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. 
because now you can go in the Royal Rumble and you only have to fight 29 other guys and then you'll get your opportunity for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. So I went in the ring and it's very, very clear to me that I won the Royal Rumble and I should be getting a World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. opportunity you know, the way I look at things right now I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels the boy toy I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin I've been screwed by the World Wrestling Federation and I've been screwed by you idle threats but the way I see things it doesn't look like I'm gonna get my opportunity for a shot at the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt so I quit So he says he, he quits here. So yeah. he doesn't get what he wants. He quits. And they're like, oh, my God. But uh, later, Gorilla Monsoon comes back and he's like, well, uh, yeah, this wasn't right. But it'll go down in the history books that the last man, you know, the referee's decision is final. The last man in the ring, the actual winner was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. So he's going to make a most interesting match. And this is awesome because this is the first time I had ever heard of anything like this before for my wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a final four match. Yeah. Uh, not timely with my March for the final four. For no, no, jumping the gun a little bit, but you know. We're in January. It's yeah, okay. The yeah. pay-per-views in February yeah. for the In Your House, which will be aptly titled Final Four. <laughs> and it's going to be the final four guys in there. It's going to be Stone Cold. Bret Hart, fake diesel. It's like, ah, sorry, fucking fake <laughs> diesel was in there, man. Yeah, I yeah. was confused as a child. I was like, no, they're really going to screw around with this. All right. Okay. Do you think this there is- was like a, a section of like hardcore fake diesel fans <laughs> who are still up in arms about this? Yeah. You know what yeah. they said? Wrestling what? is fucking fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably really mad yeah. though. But uh, eventually fake diesel gets his way with, being Kane. Yeah, it worked out yeah. all right for, for old Glenn. 
Yes. He might be mayor soon. Yeah, fake yeah. politician. <laughs> those, uh, are, those are big now. So the final four is going to be um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, Vader, and The Undertaker. And that's going to be for the number one contendership. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So next week, episode 195, January 27th, 1997, WWF champion Shawn Michaels is out. And he's talking about his attitude. And he has a match at Thursday Raw Thursday. Don't forget that name. Thursday Raw Thursday. Because they say it a thousand times in that episode. Don't forget. Thursday Raw Thursday. Don't tune in Monday. And Raw was going through this thing with USA Network where if they would have the dog show or oh. something all like tennis uh yeah it, yeah. Was, it was usually the dog show um i hated the dog show I, <laughs> I i still hold a grudge against it because it would you know i think they were starting to move away from it by at this point but in the mid 90s raw would be off for like two two three weeks and there wouldn't there would be no raw and there would just be yeah, a bunch of stu- no warning either yeah no no just a bunch of stupid because it's a bunch of stupid dogs you know that's kind of what <laughs> propelled me to even watch wcw even more though. yeah because raw was being inconsistent we would have the boring shit from um like what we talked about from the tapings we would have a boring episode and then we would have an episode missed so there was no consistency so i was like oh, man wcw but Bret Hart was still keeping me latched on. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. So um, Thursday Raw Thursday coming up. Um, and th- they're talking about basically um, the match building is going to be Psycho Sid against uh, Shawn Michaels at Thursday Raw Thursday, the rematch. Yeah. And McMahon calls out Bret Hart during this in-ring interview and Brett comes down and runs down Sean and he says uh, he wants Sean at mania and he doesn't want him getting hurt in the meanwhile. He actually says that phrase. So we get that little interaction there. That's interesting. Heating up. Yep. Next week, one ninety six, uh, February 3rd, 1997, the Royal rumble recap. It's basically showing what happened during the Royal Rumble. Um, clips from the Royal Rumble. That was pretty cool. I remember that episode vividly because I was like, I didn't get the tape yet at the yeah. time. So, I was so like, this is your oh, first look at it. Yeah, let yeah. me see what's going yeah. on. Segments here. Um, shows the ending of the Royal Rumble. And then we have a Vader and Stone Cold match. But Bret Hart jumps in before the match even happens. So we're getting that feud still like... Austin and Brett going at it. Now the infamous Thursday Raw Thursday. This is February 13th, 1997. McMahon says tonight, Shawn Michaels will vacate the WWF championship. I remember watching this episode too. Yeah. Because they, they got me with their they're advertising so well. Thursday, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday. Exactly. Repetition for the sake of clarity. I went home that yeah. Thursday and was like, I know it's on. <laughs> Thursday, Raw Thursday. Um, man, what a fucking twist and towing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to what Shawn Michaels says here. This comes obviously as a shock. 
It's a shock to WWF fans all over the world. Maybe it really shouldn't be, considering what you give. Obviously, Shawn Michaels, what you bring to the World Wrestling Federation has taken its toll on you, specifically your knee. And as you are facing a knee operation, I wonder if you would share with millions of your fans all over the world what's going through your head. Well, it seems uh, like we've done this before. And uh, this time, unfortunately for me, it's uh, much more serious than it was last time. Uh, I've never had um, a doctor look me in the face and say uh, that I may never be able to wrestle again. And I was, uh, I was told that the other day, of course, you know, I, it's not something that I believe, um, but the fact is it's something that I have to deal with. Time has, has taken its toll on, on my body. And I know you're just as disappointed, more so than anyone else, that you are not defending the WF Championship against Psycho Sid, or for that matter, whomever would have been stacked up against you. And no one has taken on more challengers. No one in the history who's ever won this championship belt has ever had the schedule, has ever had to endure the kind of schedule that you have so readily taken upon yourself. Well, there's uh, one thing about me is that I can't do anything halfway. And I, you know, I come here and I hear the people and they chant, uh, Sid's name, or they chant Brett's name, and they chant a lot of people's name. And one thing is for sure, you're going to have all of that in the future. Um, and that's what I want for the World Wrestling Federation fans. In spite of um, what people may think about me, what I've always wanted for all these people is, is for them to have a good time and to enjoy themselves. I've always tried to be the one to provide it, whether it was on the good side or the bad side. Um, but was all, what was always most important to me was the performance, was the performance so that these people, each time they reached in their pocket and they paid to get a WWF ticket, they didn't regret it because they knew that if they saw my name on the card, they could, yell, they could come and they could cheer, and they could boo, and they could do whatever they wanted, as long as they had a good time. Over the last couple months, uh, there's been a lot of talk of people uh, having bad attitudes and a lot revolving around this belt. Uh, all I know today is that one thing that's not gonna revolve around this belt for a long time is, is going to be Shawn Michaels. Uh, I don't know where I'm at right now. I have to, uh, I have to have everything checked. I may have, I may be beyond reconstructive knee surgery. I may or may not be able to fix it, but if I can't come back and perform at the level 
that I performed at before, I can't, I can't perform. Uh, I can't come out here and just go half-ass. I have to come out here and I have to romp and stomp and I have to get tossed around, I have to toss people around and I have to have fun. Uh, the schedule over the last year I took on because I didn't feel like I could say no. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to enjoy my life as the WWF champion. I wanted to, I wanted to ride in Lear jets and I wanted to ride in limousines and I wanted to be on TV shows and I wanted to do autograph sessions and, and I got to do every bit of that. And if nothing else, I have all of that to take with me. But again, and I know right now we're in the middle of a time where toughness is real big here in the World Wrestling Federation. And unfortunately, all I've got right now for you is a lot of sorrow, a lot of tears, and a lot of emotion. I don't have any toughness for anybody. Um, so I guess, you know, here you go. Here's your belt. And uh, what I'm gonna do is go back home and see what's left for me, whether it be in this ring, whether it be out of this ring. I know that over uh, the last several months, I've lost a lot of things, and one of them has been my smile. And, and I know it doesn't mean a whole lot to everybody else, but it means a lot to me. So I have to go back and fix myself and take care of myself. And I have to go back and I have to find my smile because somewhere along the line, I lost it. And I don't care, really. I don't care if it's unpopular. I don't care if uh, people want to make fun of me because I'm an emotional guy. Um, but this is, this is all I've ever wanted to do. And uh, over the last year, I got to do it. And whether you like me or not, I just want to tell you that uh, Last year was the most wonderful year of my life, and uh, if I never do get to do it again, it'll be okay because I got to live one full year as being the number one guy in this business, and it was the single most greatest year of my life. And I have you to thank, and I have everybody here to thank, and it means a lot to me, and uh, I'm going to go home now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels! So then, after that, beautiful, beautiful, tear-breaking speech. Yeah, brought, brought a tear to many a young girl's eyes. Man, it, um, felt, it felt so heavily produced. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like this whole thing is like a huge work, man. Yeah. If Vince yeah. got Vince Russo telling little stories. You got the production team of Kevin Dunn and Vince, like, in control of everything. It's not too overexposed right now. Um, man, it's just. And at the time, you knew, like, well, it got to a point where the the 
the people are trying to work each other. Uh, Brian Pillman kind of worked his way into the WWF per se. Yeah. He had a contract dispute with ECW and WCW and convinced Eric Bischoff to fire him for storyline's sake so that he would be a free agent. Yeah. Went yeah. to the ECW and then signed to WWF. Outsmarted uh, old Uncle Eric. Crazy. Not the only one who was able to do that. But yeah, it's, you know, this is, you know, we're getting into the era where, where the where the top guys are, are taking the power back from the promoters. Yep. So after that interesting speech from Shawn Michaels, Gorilla, the president, or yeah, the on-air president. Yeah. He announces the final four will be for the title and Sid will face the winner that following Monday. All right. So then we have a match here. It's Sid and Stone Cold and it's a decent match, but Hart comes in for a DQ and Sid and Brett go at it and they get separated. And then later in the night we have Vader and Brett again. Um, Vince messes up finally and he goes raw Thursday third raw. <laughs> raw thursday raw yes he nice. said it so many times thursday raw thursday and he's the one that fucking messes it up <laughs> um undertaker comes out uh, during the match vader attacks after and then austin comes out and then they go to a commercial and then we have a western union rewind where it's rocky maya rolling up triple h for the IC title. Man. Wow, that happened earlier in the night. Yeah. Well, what a future those two had in front of them. Yeah, and I forgot yeah. to mention this Thursday, Raw Thursday. Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday. Yeah. Raw Thursday, Raw. Raw Thursday. Um, it, it's two hours long. Okay. So, so this is the first of its kind yeah. type special. Um, back to the action. Austin distracts Vader, and Vader goes for a moonsault, but he misses, and Brett hits him with the finish there and he goes over jimmy do you have any old wrestling shirts you know I, when i was a young man i uh, had a bunch of uh, very terrifically 90s wrestling t-shirts i had one uh cane shirt that was long sleeves and it was particularly uh just terrible uh, but sometimes i wish i could find some of those old ones you know so do i, I had the kevin nash he had the backwards tupac bandana that was too sweet but i do know this awesome place it's called the savage stash.com it's your wheeler and dealer for the best vintage wrestling shirts, merch, and everything in between. The absolute cream of the crop. Yeah. The Savage Stash. The Savage Stash. SavageStash.com. Uh, newest thing I got was the fanny pack, man. It's awesome. It's neon orange, and then there's a neon green one. What more can you ask for? It's got the logo that says the Savage Stash. Put all your good stash elements in there. Yeah, everybody's everybody's holding on to one of these. I've seen pictures with Okada mm. holding a Savage Stash fanny pack. Kenny Omega, possibly. Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. So good. Do your crazy. Buy the fanny pack. Yes. Go on there. TheSavageStash.com. It's the cream of the crop. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. And now we have the final four. Yes. Whew. One um, of the one of the one of my favorite uh, in your houses, um, and, and the, the that final four match is just so good. Yeah, one of my favorite matches. Yeah. Um, 
just innovative. Yeah. Um, and it's not because it's the first like four way elimination or anything like that, but it's just they're working the whole time. There's yeah. no buddy laying down for a long period and then coming back up uh like we see nowadays yeah yeah it's it's constant action it's it, it's not like to your point it's not the the rollout and just two guys you know taking turns you know getting in and out it's four guys and they you know multiple i feel like they had the split screen going for for a large you know uh portion of that match um and they're just beating the hell out of each other in this like the vader takes that uh he gets rammed. He he gets his head rammed into the into the steps, and his eye just gets split wide open, right? oh, or like right it above is his nasty. eye. That's yeah. a cover of Raw magazine later. Nice, yeah. Um, they show this. It's the stitches in the wound and the gash. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's almost as bad as the time Vader's eye actually came out of his socket. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, this happened in Japan in a match with uh, Stan Hansen, who just yep. like clocked him with the uh, with the uh, the old bull rope or. Um, whatever it was i don't know i'm not sure if it was an actual strike or if he caught him with the rope but yeah his eye was out of his socket and vader finished the match with his eyeball just kind of dangling it's crazy yeah but yeah um, that 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 eye injury is almost on par with that the eye was still in there but there was just so so much blood yeah he, he's one tough son of a bitch he is interestingly enough this final four is in your house 13 which plays into WrestleMania 13. Directly preceding, right yeah. That's that's an interesting Yeah, one. so um, messy match, like you said, the yeah. blood. Um, Undertaker, <clears throat> Undertaker's down. Vader tries to hit him with a Vader salt, and he misses. But um, Austin puts, Hart puts Austin to a fireman carry and throws him over the top rope, which eliminates him from the match because this is top rope elimination. Yeah, it's still carrying over from the rumble, which is yep. an interesting uh, wrinkle. But they, you know, within the first five minutes, they, you know, are rolling out underneath the bottom rope, and there's so you get you get a good amount of brawling on the outside too. Yep. So, Hitman and Undertaker they brawl on the outside, and Vader is recovered in the corner and. Paul Bear interferes and attacks Undertaker while Vader was superplexed by Hart. Um, <clears throat> despite being eliminated, Austin comes right back and attacks Hart. Uh, Vader went for the Vader bomb on the top rope, but Undertaker gets low blowed and Vader throws him over the top rope. So Undertaker and Hart are the last two participants. And it's a good little mix up right here. I love this um, yeah. little trade off. Goes for a tombstone, and Austin distracts the Undertaker, and then Hart hits the clothesline real fucking hard on him, and just flips him over, and Hart wins the fourth uh, WWF championship. Yep. And it's great. I loved it. I loved hearing that reaction as a child. I was like, yes, he got the title back. All is right with the world again. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't wasn't mad that it was going into a, um, basically, a title match for that... that final four yeah and no, i was I, okay with it yeah i i thought it was cool it was an interesting um you know little wrinkle with the over the top you know rule carrying over from the rumble but uh yeah brett you know finally recapturing that title and he would have a long long run with it oh my god so long <laughs> the next night on raw <laughs> episode 197 this is another two hour one um this is february 17th right after Final four. 
Yep, the next night. <clears throat> What's going on here? So here, what we have, um, I think Monsoon announces early on. You know, we have these two, these two hot feuds. You have uh, Taker and Sid, um, and you have Austin and Hart. Um, and so basically what's decided is that those matches are going to happen at WrestleMania one way or the other. And whoever is, you know, whichever one of those, uh, gentlemen has the title, that match is going to be the title match. So the next night Sid gets his rematch, which he was uh, contractually obligated to get. Um, and it makes for an interesting wrinkle because, uh, you have Brett versus defending against Sid. Um, and you have Austin who hates hard. You have Taker who hates Sid, but, they also both want that main event title match at WrestleMania. So what ends up happening uh, is Taker is uh, interfering on behalf of uh, on behalf of Sid, helping him out, and Austin is actually helping Hart um, or trying to help Hart to win so he can get that title shot as well. Um, at the end of the match, when the dust settles, uh, Sid ends up with the belt. Yep. Uh, Brett. I mean, they tried to start this match at the beginning of the Raw, too. Yeah, yeah. And it gets um, it gets out of hand. Um, so they're like, all right, they brawl, they break it up. And later on, Sid says he's like, I, I want the match! <laughs> and in between there, we get debut of... Delete the fucking Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys show up. As a tag team against the Headbangers. Yeah, they've been doing uh, little uh, enhancement matches separately for a while, but this was the first time as a team. Yep. All right, and then they start to go back to the title match. Yeah. Bret Hart coming out, and he's attacked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Um, and that's backstage, and McMahon is involved in the breakup right there. Yeah. Uh, more shades of throwing McMahon into this picture of being the owner again. Yeah. Um, and then we get an update with Dr. James Andrews before the main event. We're going to get this title match off the ground. Yeah. Like you said, um, James Andrews comes out and says, Sean has a, a twist in his knee and, and no surgery is ne- definitely necessary, but he could return in four to six weeks. And that basically just tells me he twisted his knee and didn't want to. Didn't yeah. Didn't want to do the job. No, no, yeah. And it's the biggest show of the year. You know, not a lot of people would 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 want to avoid that. But Shawn Michaels was definitely playing those politics. Yeah. Why would you want to miss WrestleMania? Yeah. The the main event. Why would you want to miss that payday? So, like you said, the match is uh, match is all right. Um, we we have the interference going on with the Undertaker yeah. and um, Sid, and basically, um, Hart has Sid in the sharpshooter, and he you can see watching it now he definitely turns him so that he's that Bret Hart is facing the ropes so that um, Austin could come and hit him in the head, and the ref doesn't see so he's down. We get the power bomb and we get a new champion. Yeah. One damn day. Um, and then we have the lights going out and Undertaker is out. And they're going to face off at WrestleMania 13. That's great. All right. So episode- after, after all these moving pieces, we finally have the card, you know, sort of it's, figured it's out. It's taken its shape. Yeah, we got Sid as the champion and the challenger Undertaker for the title. A little underwhelming. 
Yeah, and then we have Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. Uh, Episode 198. This is February 24th, 1997. This is in the Manhattan Center. Back in uh, where the uh, very first episode of Raw was and most of the that that first year i think was done yeah. at the done at the manhattan center fun fact i have seen wrestling in that building really uh, yeah i went to a ring of honor show uh it's it, that building actually has like uh several floors of like ballroom so the hammerstein ballroom i think is yes either directly above it or below it uh but yeah ring of honor was running used to run the manhattan center and it was cool just kind of like Seeing that old vibe of like the paint looked a little bit different, but yeah. it was cool of just knowing like you know the the stage was still set up with the with the bleachers and everything. What event was that? Uh, this was back in two thousand six. Uh, oh, wow. Main event was uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan uh, versus Kenta, who is now Hideo Itami. Wow, one of the probably one of the best matches I've seen. I live. certainly didn't watch ROH at the time. I yeah. didn't really. That was when I kind of fell out of wrestling for a two year. Span. Yeah. Yeah. So they were. It was. It was a good era. We'll. We'll have to. That might be a future season. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Maybe we'll look at that. But uh, yeah, the uh, Manhattan Center was a cool. Is a cool place to to watch wrestling. So being being that being said, uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom and Hammerstein Ballroom, and Manhattan Center being tied into each other, ECW performed a lot at one of those, and uh, they're actually here on Raw. Yeah. Uh, so we have Paul Heyman coming out and he's introducing little Guido and then he goes against Stevie Richards and Paul Heyman's ringside commentary. And there's a phrase here or there's a, they're talking about Jerry King Lawler is picking at them. It's a feud between Jerry Lawler and Paul Heyman and uh, Jerry Lawler and the WWF and ECW are basically doing this uh, working agreement. Like we spoke of before. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you guys are, are ripping off everything. <laughs> and Paul says, who and what are we ripping off exactly? Because WWF is ripping off them. Yeah. Um, so Raven comes out with the ECW championship. And that's the first time we see another champion from another company besides WCW. Yeah. Approaching on WWF. Uh, we get the Stevie kick, and that's it. And then we get Sonny and Marlena in a skimpy arm wrestling contest. <laughs> I don't remember seeing this episode, but I paid attention. Yeah, um, <laughs> They're, like, jumping around a lot. True, a true athletic contest. There. And this is, like, one of the first times. I mean, I don't know if it's the first time, but it, we're getting creepier and creepier with Jerry. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah. She's jumping, and you see her butt cheeks wiggling, and he's like, <laughs> oh, 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 boy, oh, boy. Like, all right, yeah, okay. yeah, he's um, becoming what he. Well, I mean, not really. This is always who he's been, but that that aspect of his uh, on-air character is becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah, getting into the era of puppies soon. Yes, indeed. So then we have Ken Shamrock in the audience, and he's from the UFC. Yeah. Um, then the King comes and interviews Ken, and he's like, you know, we work out at the gym, da da da, and. Ken Shamrock just plays it off like I don't I don't know you. I don't yeah. know you. Um and then we have some sappy ass song for Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like a, a retirement video yeah. with a 90s song. <sighs> was it, it was so called cheesy. Tell Me a Lie, right? I think so. Yeah. Um man. <clears throat> We're gonna play it. Yeah. Have to. 
to a Shawn Michaels video. Indeed, so many cards and letters pouring in concerning Shawn Michaels. Montage of elbow drops. was when he said the yeah. he, he lost his smile really sad so sad maybe a bit much for a tweaked knee yeah Maybe, Thanks for coming out, Sean. Yeah, maybe they had that on file just in case he died. I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> so creepy. Yeah, it's it's over the it's it's over the top. That, uh, was this the Shawn Michaels memorial episode? <laughs> wow. It very well could have been. Um then Todd Pettengale comes out and he asks Ken Shamrock his thoughts on the Undertaker and the Psycho Sid match. And of course Ken says the Undertaker. I gotta go with the Undertaker. He looks like uh, he he strikes well in there, and yeah, okay. He's got good form. He says, "Yeah, Undertaker, good form." This is your UFC fighter. Uh, then Todd says, "What about the submission match with Bret the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin?" Well, uh, Ken can't pick. He likes both of them. Uh, Shen's uh, saying that basically Bret has a good submission route and uh stone cold is a hard competitor and then we get a superstars exclusive of brett pissed off backstage <laughs> after the um the loss of the steel cage or not the steel cage match the regular match between him and sid for the title uh losing that he's pissed and then we get the mount match announcements for as vince mcmahon says Anything less than a no-holds-barred match. That's one way of describing it. <laughs> okay. 
what the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, nothing more, but nothing um, less. Anything less. Anything less. Anything less than a no holds barred match. So just right to that point. Yeah. Not there. Way to way to sell it, Vince. Episode 199 of Monday Night Raw is March 3rd, 1997. That's Bret Hart and Triple H. It's a typical Bret Hart match, but uh, like, and like they say, you know, it's the same old stuff. Russian leg sweep, you know, he's doing the same old moves. Elbow from the second row. Yeah. Even Shawn Michaels, when he was on commentary before, he said, yep, he called like a, he called a spot of Bret's, like two moves in a yeah. row. Yeah. Yeah. Same old Brett. He had his own saying. his own version of the five moves of doom. Yeah, and it's like we're saying it's yeah. uh, it's the Hasbro figure. Yeah, yeah, definitely to the Jacks character. Uh, so it's a DQ. Brett hits the ref. Uh, China, who made her appearance at the final four and attacked Marlena. She's a big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's no, she's a big yeah. woman, Joni Lauer. Uh, she's brought in as Triple H's muscle. And this is groundbreaking too, because it's a huge, jacked-up woman. Yeah, yeah. For to have a uh, a female enforcer character like that is definitely definitely the first of its kind. Yeah. Um. Then we have. We're supposed to have Austin on standby for a commentary of that match, but there's nothing, and we just get a toilet flushing sound, like obviously, like uh, like dubbed in. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's a response to Bret Hart's match with Triple H, as far as WWF saying like it, we're bored with same old Bret Hart too, like in a way, but also in a way making it Stone Cold's reaction. Yeah, I you know, that's just Stone Cold showing where his priorities are when, yep. when it comes to Bret Hart. If you put the letter S in front of it, man, it's the shit. Uh, that's, this is a special episode too. Um, this is Davy Boy Smith winning the European title. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is him and Owen Hart going at it. This one of my favorite matches in the history of Raw. Dude, it's awesome. It's a great match. Yeah. I love it. Um, I watched it earlier today just to refresh. And it's, yeah. it's a lot like SummerSlam 1992 in a way. Yeah. Uh, they use yeah, a lot of the same similar spots. Definitely. I think uh, Davey was in a little bit clearer state for this one, which definitely helped. Yeah, I don't know if he smoked too much crack. <laughs> Nightheart's not back yet, but yeah, he will be. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, the next episode is episode 200, and it's not Monday Night Raw. It's called Raw is War. This is the very first Raw is War? Yes, indeed. And the next hour will be called War Zone. Yeah. So it's a little different. Um, let's hear the intro real quick. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Now, of course, this isn't really the theme music. It's Marilyn Manson. Yeah. But... Uh, this would later become the theme music. And it's a whole different, it's a warehouse exploding, it's stone explosions, fire, Sean Michael's Bret Hart, Bomb, Sid, uh, Undertaker's in there, these are the biggest names in the world. 
Yeah, lots of pyro too. The stage looks a little different. Lots of pyro. Yeah. So they're changing up here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's almost as if they're going from uh, if you've seen the movie Scrooge, they're going from the original uh, advertisement to like the Frank Cross, like Armageddon explosions everywhere like it's like th- this is they're like hitting you over the head like we are changing tones we're different now <laughs> yeah this is definitely the rebranding process uh 97 is coming along and wwf is changing big time yeah um we get a lots of pyro coming out and then later in the episode shamrock is confirmed as the referee for the submission match uh, he's with JR in the ring and Stone Cold interrupts on the Titan Tron and he's shit talking. He's like, I'll come down there. And he's like, everything that I've noticed uh, on the past episodes, uh, Stone Cold building this character is you sit there. <laughs> you sit there. Yeah. Passively. Yeah. He, yeah. he, um, he, he brings, that's his little go-to line it's yeah. you sit there and you yeah you sit there and you i didn't yeah. know he said that that much at the beginning uh probably because i hated him and didn't want to listen yeah yeah I, I didn't pick up on that either but you're right that's like every other every other line almost and it's just sort of like a, I don't know just you're you're again like sitting there not not moving forward you know right the lead that sort of you know falls Ooh, back on the wow on the status quo you know yeah and he's the big uh he's the big engine part yeah the component that is moving this whole thing along yeah. yeah wow good way to put that um so stone cold is shit talking and he's mad that brett gets a title shot before mania because brett is gonna get one before mania against sid one last time because he's been screwed over and over and over again yeah. um and uh he hopes that he wins so that stone cold can you know, when when the title and he he flubs a little bit here. He goes, <laughs> he, he's he's like shit talking and he's not really in the zone. You can tell he's not comfortable with that voice yet, of yeah. that character, and which later like you can't indistinguish. You can't if you see him, you can't to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the voice that you hear. Yeah, but he wasn't comfortable yet, and he's like <laughs> on live air or on tape, and they just left it. Um, but Brett comes out. In a blue flannel, looking very grungy, 90s, <laughs> wet hair and everything. They're uh, bitching back and forth and talks about um, Shamrock, better call it, right down the middle. And that's about it. It goes on. They're, they're cursing back and forth, and Brett takes his shirt, the flannel off to expose himself. And, yeah, they <laughs> kind of get heated up. And basically at the end... McMahon is asking Brett. He said, uh, "Hey, Brett, uh, how did you get that title shot?" And he was like, "I don't know. I guess I whined and cried about it." <laughs> yeah. Love so it. we're playing into the character, like yeah. uh, I don't know. We're playing into the Smarks too, in a way, because yeah. there, there's this culture of people that do know what's going on, yeah. but I certainly didn't. No, yeah, and it would be interesting to have that perspective of being like a smart around then. Obviously, this is before the internet became huge, but yeah, I wonder if there were like hardcore fans at that time who 
had are tired of Brett in the same way that fans, you know, up until the last couple of years were tired of John Cena, you yeah. know, uh, that would be it's an, the same old, an interesting perspe- perspective. Yeah. 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 All right. So episode 201 of raw is war. That's March 17th, 1997. Shawn Michaels is back in the building. Says Jerry, the King. <laughs> he's back. He's back. And he's got something to say. Uh, we're going to check that out. Got some ugly fans. It's going to make me feel mighty good, Shawn Michaels. Well, it definitely... It definitely helps me find that smile I was looking for a month ago. And uh, <laughs> you'll never guess where it was. It was back in San Antonio, Texas, where I left it, but now I've decided to bring it with me wherever I go. First of all, uh, I want to, as always, thank the fans of the World Wrestling Federation. For what? Greatest fans in the world. For for not only sending me all the cards and the letters wishing me well, but I think more importantly than that, I want to thank the fans of the World Wrestling Federation for being very patient with the world's most emotional wrestler. I know nobody knows more than me, except for maybe my parents, how hard and difficult I am to deal with. You might know that too, now that I think about it. But I have, uh, as everyone knows, been going through some rough times, but all the people that have sent me cards and letters, even those of you that sent them straight to my parents' address, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because it means a great deal to me, especially at a time when I thought there wasn't anybody out there that gave a damn about Shawn Michaels. Well, certainly. I'm surprised it's fans Nothing could be further from the truth. All right, Shawn Michaels, the prognosis on the physical condition on the knee. Yeah, here it comes. And of course, it seems like you're a trendsetter. I mean, of course, other superstars have followed, unfortunately, with knee injuries. And then again, the President of the United States just slides right there on your coattails. Well, if, not, if nothing else, I always try to do what's in. And so when, once the President messed his knee up, I felt like I had to do it too. But uh, on a more serious note, the knee is coming along. Uh, next week, I'm going to go out to Birmingham and see Dr. Andrews, and he'll let me know what's going on, and hopefully uh, within a couple of months, I will be in this ring once again, whether anybody likes it or not. Rats. <laughs> I think they like it. And I have to tell you, this time off has done wonders for me, and I know there are a lot of people that don't like it, but when I get back in here, I'm going to be busting and moving like I used to. And believe me, when I get in here, the clothes are coming off one way or another. 
That girl's losing control of all her bodily functions. But I do have somewhat of a bone to pick. But not with the fans. I have to pick it with you. Uh-oh. Now, after all the years that I have been here, working, going up and down the road, everything I have done for you and the World Wrestling Federation, I sit at home and I couldn't help but to notice that WrestleMania is right around the corner. This Sunday now, on pay-per-view. There I sat in my home just waiting for that phone to ring and it never rang once. Now, WrestleMania is coming right up and I just can't see how you and the fans of the World Wrestling Federation can have a WrestleMania without inviting Shawn Michaels. I agree with that. First of all, Shawn Michaels' phone doesn't ring. Well, and you do have an injury, I mean, you know. Right. Well, You're as camp. you can see, I can now walk. So what I'm gonna do, since you didn't invite me, I'm gonna have to come out here on live television and invite myself to uh, WrestleMania. No! I'm sure Sean will be at the Slammies on Friday night. That's and just so you know, not only am I coming to WrestleMania, but I am coming and I'm gonna sit right next to you, Vin Man, and make sure that you call that World Wrestling Federation title match right down the middle. Thank you very much. We look forward to it. Well, I, I don't. Also, there was no invitation. And this is the go-home show for WrestleMania 13. Heat. They're building a lot of heat. So much heat. And I didn't know what the term heat meant at the time, but yeah. them putting it in there is just, damn, they're fucking playing to everything. Uh, breaking kayfabe and insider this yeah. year. It's so crazy. Yeah. And a lot to do with Russo, but they're doing it in a smart, controlled way. Like you can tell Vince McMahon is kind of, uh, he's a little too shy right now. Yeah. But he's doing it in a conservative, well done way. There's a lot of testing the waters, <laughs> you know. So much of what we've talked about so far is just, you know, Pushing, pushing it not that much further, but just a little bit further than... Just a hair. Yeah, exactly. And this is another example of that. Um, this is this is a title match is going to happen. It's Psycho Sid and Bret Hart tonight. And Shawn Michaels is in the building. Great. Good. Shawn Michaels! Yeah. No, he's here! Ah! Uh, so we go to Gorilla announcing that the match is going to be a steel cage match tonight. Um, because Brett deserves a fair rematch. And then Brett says he wants to change the face of WrestleMania 13. And he's going to be a five-time champion. And he's going to beat Austin in the submission match for the title. Uh, Brett also says he wants Shamrock to call it right down the middle. And he's looking forward to a nice long run as champion. And everybody get in line. And everyone in the WWF will get their chance to prove themselves against the excellence of execution who's also the best there is, the best there was, and without a shadow of a doubt, the, the best, best there, there ever will, will be. be. And crazy without the shadow of a doubt. And he gets a mixed reaction here from the crowd. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> later, Shawn Michaels comes out, and that's on Warzone, the second hour, and he says he found his smile back at home. Wow, lucky. 
That's good. That's good. Usually, if if you don't find it within the first 48 hours, it's usually gone. (laughs) Yes, it's usually gone. That's true. (laughs) Sorry. That was really good. Yes, statistics say that, like, within the first 12 hours, they're already dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It was sort of a miracle that Sean found his right. Yeah. He saved his face. Um, he wants to get better and he'll be back in the ring in a couple months and his clothes are coming off one way or another. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he has a bone to pick with Vince though. <laughs> he's got a bone. <laughs> yeah. He's, got one. <laughs> he's definitely. Got... <laughs> it's like, I got news for, well, Vince, Pretty much. Clothes are coming off. He's got a bone to pick. (laughs) He's got a bone to pick with Vince because he never called him to be at WrestleMania. Dude, you didn't want to miss out at WrestleMania. Why the fuck did you fake your injury? Yeah. Uh, But he says you can't have a WrestleMania without HBK. And he is hereby inviting himself to WrestleMania. He's, He's that there. one guy that like He's coming knows party. one of your friends, yeah. and he just shows up, and he's he's fucking taking his clothes off left and right. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's coming to the party one way or the other. Yes, yeah. Uh, so the next match is for the title, and it's Bret Hart and Psycho Sid, and that's a good match. And they brawl, and Bret tries to get a quick escape from the cage and stone cold um, eventually comes down and he ends up keeping the door shut on Brett and he's not allowing him to get out. And then when we return from a commercial, um, Sid delivers a power bomb and Austin keeps the door shut on Sid. So he's screwing him over too. Yeah. Cause he wants that title shot. Yeah. And uh, Sid tries to climb out, but Austin's way faster than him. So he climbs up and they start blowing, going back and forth. But Brett is able to meet uh, them both at the top and they're all three going at it. And then here comes the Undertaker. Uh, He's like, I don't know, the most underwhelming person going for the title, I think, at WrestleMania in a storyline. Yeah, there's not a lot of um, yeah, there's not a lot of storyline. I mean, he's coming off of his whole uh, his his feud with Paul Bear, um, which will you know obviously continue um, in different forms throughout the years. But he's uh, coming off of a lot of heat from that uh, turn that Paul had at SummerSlam the previous year, um, and you know he's he's in the title picture, but he's just to your point, kind of there. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah, um, but he he's a big draw. Yeah, he's it. still he's still the Undertaker, and he gets yeah. over too. People still pop for him. Big. Yeah. Um. So, the Undertaker comes out, and he brings Austin off the cage, and Brett gives Sid a suplex. Um. And then Austin hits the Undertaker with a chair, and then stomps a mud hole in him, and then a bunch of refs come down, and Sid climbs over the cage, and Brett is going out through the door. And you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And then Undertaker slams the door on Brett and makes sure that Sid drops down. Yeah. And both feet touch. And 
that's it. It's going to be Sid and Undertaker at WrestleMania 13. It's going to be Brett and Austin at WrestleMania 13. Undertaker and Sid get the title. Get the title, yeah. Yeah. Woo. What do you, what do you, I mean, Sid's got to defend that title against Undertaker. I don't think we've ever seen them head to head. To that, I don't think so. And uh, because, I mean, Sid had only been back for, I mean, I guess going on two years at this point, but, um, yeah, I don't think they had really crossed paths before that. Sid is an interesting case. Um, going into this Mania main event, he's only worked two WrestleManias. Yeah. And both were main events, which is just a weird, fluky kind of thing because he worked WrestleMania 8 against Hogan. Like, Vince loves big blonde guys. <laughs> he does. He um, does. I, I mean, I can see it, though. As a kid, I was fascinated with Sid. I loved Sid at this point. Yeah, Sid during this run, you know, when he's really getting into the psycho gimmick and he's just like, you know, as long as he wasn't talking, he looks scary as shit. Yeah. As soon as you open his mouth, he sounds a little ridiculous. Even but. coming down the aisle, he's like looking for people to dap. Yeah. You know, to give the fist to and he's like, you, yes, you, yes. The next one down, like just pointing him out, yeah. just like he's going crazy. He just yeah. looks nuts. Yeah, the psycho gimmick was good, and that that entrance music he had was was perfect. Was that was like, on Full Metal. I yeah, think. that's an underrated Jim Johnston cut. Yes, indeed. Do 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 ding ding ding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they get the title, and and it's you know probably for the best because I think they they needed it more than than uh, Brett and Sean. I, mean, I agree. Brett and Austin. I agree. And far. if if the tides had been turned with. Brett and Sean, yeah, they didn't necessarily need the title either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that goes back to the promo that Brett and Sean shot before, where Brett said, "We're going to see each other somewhere down the line, yeah, whether there's a title involved or not." Yeah, because their feud is is bigger than the title. Exactly. Um, right after this, we get Bret Hart's infamous rant. We're going to play this right now. Love this. Here, ladies and gentlemen, a few more moments here with you. Vince McMahon is going to try to talk to a very, obviously, uh, this consonant Bret Hart. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Oh! Frustrated isn't a goddamn word for it! And he just pushed Vince. Yeah. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. First time anybody got physical with Vince, right? Nobody in the building cares. Vince is scowling. Championship at WrestleMania, but you blew the whole damn thing because you're a loser. 
You know why they call you Stone Cold? Because your stories are so cold. You're Stone Cold. You won't come out here and step in the ring and be yourself. Everyone's got to jump you from behind. you got the guts to come out here. Come on. Everybody knows whether it's Psycho Sin. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the actions of Red Hart. You that that belt belongs to you. You lost it. You are wrong. That is my belt. You know We're going to try and stay with this as long as we can. Red Hart, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know that. Oh, this is not going to be a this is going to be a fight here. Red Hart, Red Snap, he's lost it. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Oh, wait a minute. This is just picked up. Red Hart, ladies and gentlemen, has gone berserk and oh no! No, Brett dives. Onto the Undertaker. Oh, Austin down. What a great ending! I was so yeah. excited for this. Um, I was pissed that Brett ultimately didn't have the title um, but like you said I think Undertaker and Sid needed it more <laughs> I'm so we're, we're still cracking up because I, I had honestly forgotten about that Sid moment um, I don't know <laughs> Brett, Brett says you know it Sid everybody knows it and Sid screams I don't know shit <laughs> uh, we're gonna take that back actually yeah. I don't know yeah. shit oh man uh, that, that one's up there. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologize to you. You are wrong. Oh, look at my belt. You know We're going to try and stay with this as long as we can. Red Hart, ladies and gentlemen. Well, at least he's got half the brain as him. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> In a, in a in a career full of moments like that, that that's up there for me. And that's one of my favorites. I don't know shit. I don't know shit, Hitman. Uh, all right. Well, next is WrestleMania 13. Yes. This is it, man. This is the classic. This is the one. This is the only. Imagine that for over a decade, you have fought to reach the pinnacle of your profession. Then you walk away. When you return six months later, nothing is the same. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels. I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You scratch my back and I'll stab yours. There is no respect. Everybody in that dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Even your fans have changed. At the heart of this change is a man that spits in the face of your every accomplishment. Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. He has attacked you physically and verbally. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. This man mocks your legacy. Bret Hart on his best day can't lace my boots. I will beat the hell out of Bret, and that's the bottom line. Injustice after injustice has forced you to snap. Frustrated isn't the word for it. Now the finger is pointed at you. You're the one who's changed. They say your ego is your enemy. There is only one solution. 
you must make Austin beg for mercy. But what if Stone Cold Steve Austin wins? What becomes of Brett Hitman Hart then? Just nothing but chaos going into it. And I, I, as as great as it would have been to see that rematch with HBK and Brett, like they Vince to his credit and and the booking team made the most out of the chaos and like you didn't know who was going to have the title until the go home show. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's something that's pretty good rare. way to put it. Yeah. And, um, with all that chaos ensuing, you still wanted to see either one kick each other's ass. Yeah. Yeah. So you were like, you wanted undertaker to kick Sid's ass, uh, just for the buildup for yeah. that. And then you wanted Brett to kick Austin's ass. We did anyway. Well, yeah, at least I did. Yeah. Oh my god, I hated Steve Austin. Yeah, um, this is a great, this is a great match though. Um, it's it's Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart, yeah. and we get Shamrock out first as the special guest referee. Then we get Austin and Hart, and Hart gets a huge pop. Yeah, um, but it's still mixed in a way where there's some booze. Coming yeah. through. Yeah, I, th- I would say Austin, you know, probably gets probably gets the bigger babyface reaction, even you know, with them, but when they're both coming out. Yeah. Um, I think when that glass shatters, I think the pop that he gets is 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 you know definitely more cheers than Hart got. Okay. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's due to a Chicago crowd. True. Yeah. Um, and this is you know Hart is not fully leaning into the anti-American promos yet, but I think he's making references here and there to Canada being superior. Right. Um, so that has something to do with it. And Chicago is always usually a, a heel. Smart town. Yeah. yeah Smart town. Yeah. Smart town, USA. So, uh, any interesting things from this match? I, are, I definitely want to say that on daily motion and possibly YouTube, there's, Someone took Stone Cold's audio from his podcast where he goes through the match with him and Brett and he gives a little audio commentary. Uh, it's beautiful. They spliced it with the actual match. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing watch. It's great. Stone Cold just gives you the little tidbits of why they did this, what they did here, the blade part. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I've um, I don't know if I've listened to that one. I know he's done a few of those. He did one for his one of his matches against Rock at, at Mania. I think it was seventeen. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Yeah, Someone that, edits that. Yeah, together. that's that's worth worth checking out. Um, this match, I mean, this is like this match is the reason why we started this podcast. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we were talking about it in like the the DCW group chat, and um, it's personally my favorite match of all time still, uh, for a number of reasons. But um, yeah, they it just it starts out. Uh, with with some just excellent brawling, you know they immediately go out of the ring into the stands, into the crowd, um, and bring it all back. And it's just the the story that is told in this match and and the execution of a of a double turn, you know, with with Brett, you know, despite everything that we've talked about in this episode and all of his promos and his character, he's still he's still the hitman, you know, he's yeah. still he's still full baby face. Um, and Austin, you know, leaning that way and then just like flip that switch to make it, to make them 
you know, put them exactly where they need to be with yeah. Austin as the top baby face and Brett as the top heel. Um, and the way they tell that story, it's just, it's, it's what pro wrestling is, is all about. It's truly in a way, um, it's like, uh, two dogs. It's like the one dog is an older, gentlemanly, respectful dog. He's always been the house dog. Yeah. And then there's this wild pit bull that's yapping and barking all the time. And he's bitten the other dog a couple of times, but the other dog has gotten the best of right. the other dog. Now they're finally fucking alone and there's nobody out there. You know, they're out in the open and it's them one-on-one. You see the old dog using these tactics because he's so pissed off after these months of frustration and building and, them interfering in each other's matches yeah. um he decides it's yeah, time to fight fire with fire yeah and yeah. brett is nasty in this match he is yeah um they're using ring posts they're using the tables they're using chairs they use the ring bell yeah that infamous uh that infamous spot where uh, austin has brett uh hung up with the uh with with the ring cable uh and uh Brett has the uh, has the bell and uh, just like takes it and swings swings up and backwards to hit Austin uh, who's in the ring um, and that's where he gets busted open and it's one of the best examples of what blood can do for a pro wrestling match. Oh my god! Um, apparently, and I think Austin probably mentioned this in that in that podcast audio that you were mentioning. Um, he was hesitant to to do the blade job even as like even in the middle of the match he. Uh, uh, said he, or I think Brett went on record as uh, saying that he remembers Austin saying maybe we shouldn't, um, you know, just before he uh, he did the job and uh, belated. Uh, but man, he uh, is is bleeding profusely, and it it le- it leads into the finish and one of the most iconic images in all of wrestling. Yeah. Brett says that he did the blade job for Austin, but. Um... Really, there. Austin said that's the first time. Brett said that's the first time. But we've seen Austin bloody as hell in the war games. So, yeah. what is that from? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, I'm not sure about that one, but that's a. It's an interesting. It's an interesting point. Um, and this match is this. It's brutal. It's like you say, he gets him in the sharpshooter. Brett gets Austin in the sharpshooter, and he's been wearing him down the whole match, knee, back, knee, back. He's finally bloody as hell. Um, Right when he lays down, right when Stone Cold is putting his head down on the mat, you immediately get a puddle of blood. Yeah. Um, It's pulling. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, pulling, you can, it's it's just such a visual, and and the blood that would, you know, down his forehead, down his down his nose, into his teeth, like dripping dripping from his teeth, um, yep. is just uh, one one of the you know one of the greatest visuals in the history of wrestling. He leans up. Uh, he's not giving up. He's on his his hands and in a crab position while Brett is holding onto the sharpshooter. Yeah, and he is not giving up, and he's going towards the ropes. And nope, that's it. He falls down, and uh, you have Ken Shamrock, who's who's never stepped foot in a pro wrestling ring, who is the uh, enforcer for this match. 
is for is forced to uh, to end it as Austin uh, passes out. Yep, he's asking Steve, "Do you want to give up, Steve? Steve, do you want to give up, <laughs> Steve? That's it, that's it. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Call the bell, and it's not ending. Um." It's still not ending. Yeah. Yeah, Brett's not letting go for, for shit. He's, you know, months and months of this feud and getting screwed out of the title. He's, you know, all that is, is leading him to hold on to the sharpshooter, sharpshooter uh, long after the bell uh, is, is rang, much to the, uh, much to the ire of uh, Ken Shamrock, who eventually has to take matters into his own hands. Yep. And he has to suplex Brett. And they square up. And you think that they're going to go at it, and they don't. Brett yeah. gets the coward yeah. action going on. He tries to fight the guy, yeah, and everyone's cheering him on, like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. And Brett just backs away. Yep. I was like, whoa, not cool. And Austin is still in the ring, uh, and he's out, bloody as hell. Yeah. And he's waiting. Um to get up, to go, and walk it off, and the crowd gives him a good reaction. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Definitely, yeah, definitely a huge ovation. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> Brett uh, after he cowers away from Shamrock, where you know he, the camera follows him all the way to the end of the entrance ramp, and there's just this, you know, he does a good job of selling it just with a look on his face of, you know, sort of like the the gravity of what just happened you know in in character is is showing on his face and it's he does a good job with that um and then the you know once he once we follow him all the way to the entrance the end of the entrance uh we go back to stone cold stone cold of course there are like officials out trying to help him and he of course is shitting on that you know pushing the officials away he can barely stand um but he's walking out under his own power just like a classic baby face who would never give up yeah it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, great. It's perfect. Great perfect storytelling. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna finish this whole episode up with an excerpt from Bret Hart's book. Uh, this is Hitman Bret Hart. My real life in the cartoon world of wrestling, and this is chapter 38 called "The Lion and the Hyena." On March 23rd, I arrived at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago on about. 10 a.m. for WrestleMania 13. Vince had just let Stone Cold in on my heel turn and our role reversal. And he and I sat in the ring apron, blankly staring at each other. Steve appeared anxious about how we'd go about telling our prospective stories. I started tossing out ideas. And together we began piecing our match together. I told him my new heel turn was going to seem for real. We had to go toe-to-toe right off the bell, onto the floor, over the barricade, and into the stands. Such an approach would make it all feel like a shoot. Again, this is another way that Brett is like trying to tie in shoots into everything that he's doing. Yeah. Another subtle nod to me that, yeah. He wants to make it as real as possible. Yep. Back in it, the fans would be close, so we would have to keep our work tight. I looked him in the eye and said, what would really make this great for the match is for you to get a little juice. Steve uneasily admitted that he had never done that before, but he offered to try. So that's what we were talking about earlier. 
I'm thinking war games must have been, you know, he didn't, it wasn't planned. Like he just got hard weighed and, you know, unintentionally busted open. And so this right. is his first time going into a match with, you know, planning on, you know, blading. Right. Yeah. Okay. Getting into the match. As I came out like a lion, Steve was pacing the ring like a pissed off hyena. I really felt like I was going out there to have a fight after school with the kid I hated. I got a strong cheer. But they were highly angry sighs and boos for me to see that my days as a baby face were truly over. Steve tackled me full force and I came through the ropes and the bell clanged. As we brought up the stairs stands, I took my my hard smack into the hockey board. Steve took a backdrop on and attempted a pile driver right onto the cement steps. I remember this part of the fight in slow motion. Shocked, amused, and angry fans leaped and yelled all around us. The cheering was so loud I couldn't hear a thing. My fist bounced perfectly off Steve's head, and he never stopped fighting back. Ken Shamrock, wearing a sleeveless, zebra-striped referee shirt, looked amazed at how close our work was and was to- it, how it was totally believable. I eventually derailed Steve and started to work the leg. I dragged him over to the corner, dropped out to the floor, and slapped on my figure four around the ring post. Steve stole it like it was breaking his leg. I let go and nonchalantly grabbed the ring bell, then left it on the apron as if it was a wearable abandon, a weapon abandoned while I sought a better one. Like a cool killer, I grabbed a chair, but it was padded. So I put it down and I picked up a metal one. I could see Julie and the kids in the front row. Beans was covering his eyes, sitting next to the groom stew and startled Helen. I prepared to break Stone Cold's ankle. The fans remembered how he had done this to Pillman a few months earlier. By methodically threading his shin bone through the back of the chair and stomping on it, I climbed up to the top corner and jumped off to cripple him. But Steve was up to greet me and smacked me across the back with the chair, knocking me to the mat. While I was on all fours, he cracked me with the chair across my back again, leaving me writhing and and twitching in the ring. My heel turn was in motion. Vince, commentating with Lawler, announced that the masses watching live on pay-per-view. What excuse will Bret Hart come up with this time? Then Stone Cold attempted to put the sharpshooter on me as Lawler said, Wouldn't that be great if... Wouldn't that be greatest thing if for Bret Hart to submit to his very own hold? Like, <laughs> oh, man, that's some foreshadowing shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Steve had put the sharpshooter on wrong, so I raked his eyes, breaking the hold, fighting back with a hard gut punch. I took it off into the ropes, but he sidestepped me and threw me onto the floor. I spat out the blade from where it was tucked between my upper lip and gum. He had a blade tucked between his upper lip and gum the whole time. Jesus, that's just uh, some some old school shit. That what seems seems reckless, but that's just you know when people do it for so many years, it's just it, it becomes normal. As we slugged it out on the floor, I said, "It's time." I faintly heard him say, "Maybe we shouldn't." I reversed his throw and told him, "It's too late." Really? Come on, man. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't know about that, Brad. Dude, like it's too late. <laughs> the whole encounter right there is like it's time. Maybe we shouldn't. It's too late. <laughs> like, all right. I hurled him crashing hard into the timekeepers 
Uh, he barreled into the steel barricade. I calmly stepped over Steve and Vince looking right at me and screaming fans only inches away. I grabbed his head and beat him with a few of my fists like rubber hammers. Then I cut him perfectly, less than a half inch long and as deep as a dime slot. No one saw a thing. The blood spurted out of his head as I gave him a serious thrashing. Despite all the vicious attacks he'd put me through, the crowd was now cheering for him as he fought to hang on. I retrieved the chair. I discarded earlier and repeatedly smashed him in the knee, like I was bent on destroying him. I was actually doing the best I could to hit his knee brace every time. I managed to beat the bloody but defiant Austin back to the corner, but like a school bully with his back against the wall, he kicked me full force in the balls. A total work. I clutched my crotch and sank backwards. The tide had just turned. Now a furious stone cold did all he could to put the hitman away. The crowd seemed toward between us at times. But when he suplexed me off the top corner into the ring, Steve had the fans totally behind him. After 20 minutes, we went back into the finish. But Steve threw me out on the wrong side of the ring. I needed to be near the bell I'd left on the apron. Steve went for the mic cord while I subtly maneuvered to where I needed to be. He quietly sighed with relief that I had fixed the mistake, and as I leaned against the ropes from the outside of the ring apron, he came up from behind me and wrapped the mic cord around my neck several times, pretending to choke the life out of me. I sank to my knees, gasping to and struggling, then grabbed the ring bell, desperately smashing the top of Steve's bald, bloody head. I untangled the cord from around my neck to find Steve flat on his back. It was time for the son of a bitch to pay. Twisting him in the sharpshooter, I wrenched backward with all I had, blood gushing out of his forehead, but Stone Cold refused to give up and somehow found the will to resist me. The crowd joined him in one long groaning, groaning gasp. He slowly forced me to topple to the mat, but he kicked out of the hold. I had never failed me. No, the hitman held on with unyielding determination. The fans cheered him on like Jack Nicholson in Cuckoo's Nest. He just could not lift that sink. When I steadied myself on my feet and clamped the sharpshooter on even tighter, I broke every heart that Stone Cold had just won. In the end, Austin didn't submit, but was rendered unconscious. Shamrock stopped the match and raised my hand. The bell sounded. I coldly began to attack his knees, then stepped into the sharpshooter to give it to him some more. But before I could, Shamrock gripped me around the waist and threw me down hard to the mat. I was right back up furious in which the taste of blood on my lips, and Ken and I squared off with fists clenched. He challenged me to bring it on. The Chicago crowd came unglued. For him, a seed was sown for another day. As for me... I stood alone, but defiant, proud and unbowed. This remorseless pink soldier in his dark, bloody battlefield. As I dropped to the floor, signs danced in my face. Brett who? And go back to Canada. Wow. But the kids still pulled out in front of the Hitman shirts. And they high-fived me to the show that they were that they were th- with me. I touched hands with some poor some support that reached out but one frothing at the mouth irate fan gave me a middle finger i thrust one right back in mouth fuck you too i loved it the match everything if i ever wanted my fans to remember just one picture of me it would be that moment i was walking back to the dressing room so uh that was it yeah just such a powerful moment such a you know such a turning point in his career 
uh, I, you know, looking back and watching it as a kid, a lot of the stuff that we talked about on this episode that, that, you know, foreshadowed this and, and the, the evolution, a lot of that just went over my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the subtle, like, Oh, Brett's kind of changing. And he's, so, is he a bad guy? Like it didn't really hit me until this match. And I think once, um, once all the dust settled and they went back to commentary, Vince said, um, they were talking about it and Vince would said something like, well, you heard the booze. Yeah. And um it was just like I was like that's like oh it's a bad guy now but I I didn't like change allegiances. I was just like well what I don't know what the fuck everybody's problem is. He's he's the hitman. Yeah, he's still the same guy to yeah. me, but uh yeah, he's yeah. definitely And that's what's so cool about everything that's about to happen is that he never really changes colors. It's the fans that yeah. that change. And we'll get into that on the next episode. Um, We're going to jump right into it. Uh, Before we go, one last thing. Dave Meltzer wrote, it was an experience. It was expected to be a one-man show, and fortunately for the name WrestleMania, the one man delivered the match of the year caliber. Hart and Steve Austin more than saved the show with a match phenomenal in work rate, intensity, and telling the story. Yeah. Um, And they, in fact, did. This is probably the best match on the card. Oh, yeah. with Best Mania match. Uh, I can't... I I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I mean, for me, it's my favorite match of all time yeah. definitely definitely my favorite mania match and you know it's it, it's it, it's it's different for everybody and and you know seeing it at a young age definitely has a lot to do with it but i think uh, the more every time i watch it i appreciate it more yeah there's so many little things and elements and like i said watch that stone cold um little thing that he does uh you can find it on daily motion or youtube there's just yeah. someone edited the video with his audio and it goes perfectly. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's, it gives you a good insight into it. Definitely. Um, and next episode, we're going to be talking leading up to the Canadian stampede and getting us up to date. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go through this whole basically anti-hero, anti-American stage. Some of the best stuff. Some of the most in, in, um, compelling stuff that WWF has ever done. Yeah, this yeah. is the origin of attitude. This has been episode two, uh, Blood from a Stone. And we'll be back next episode, episode three, Canadian Stampede. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retromania. You can write into us at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com if you want to holler at jimmy where can they find you you can find me on twitter uh, at jimmy underscore price uh please uh check in with us any questions any things you want anything you want us to touch on uh any corrections yeah uh, errors anything you want to bring to light if you hate us if you love us i I just want to hear feedback we just want to hear from you guys yeah Um, if you have any memories or or anything that you'd like to share just bring it on. We're going to have bonus episodes coming up. And uh, Jimmy's going to bring on some friends. I'm going to bring on some friends. And we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to romanticize and wrestle with their 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 history. Their, their nostalgic wrestling fandom. Um, and you can find us on moleholeradio.com. Be available there. You can find us on iTunes and any other podcast branch. Retromania. 
podcast at gmail.com.